Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have come to the first Sunday of Holy Lent, Great Lent. And we come to the Sunday of Orthodoxy, the triumph of Orthodoxy. And as we who have inherited as loyal and faithful sons and daughters of the church, the great treasure that is orthodoxy. We have inherited he of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, whom we have by his incarnation are able to depict him in icons And not only him, but all of the friends of God, the holy ones of Israel and the holy ones that came after to follow our Lord in the flesh. If you were to have walked into an Orthodox church in the fifth century, and you are expecting on the first Sunday of Lent to celebrate the Sunday of Orthodoxy, you might be a little surprised because the Sunday of Orthodoxy doesn't actually come into existence until the ninth century. We have in, and it's still, you can hear it, you heard it in the verses from the Alleluia, you hear it in the Epistle, you even hear it in the Gospel, what the older commemoration was. If you were to walk into the first Sunday of Holy Lent, we would have been commemorating the great prophet's of the Old Testament, especially Moses, Aaron, and Samuel. For it is he that they spoke of, that they wrote, that they specifically enacted in worship and prophetic ministry. We have with Moses, Aaron, and Samuel, of course, Moses, the, the high, not the high priest, that would be Aaron, his brother, but the leader who gave the law. And then Samuel, a representation of the great prophets of the Old Testament. There is in this inheritance that we have in Orthodoxy, it's not just an inheritance of the fact of icons, but what icons represent, what they mean, how they are a mini dogmatics or a summation of what we teach. For they show us that the Old Testament and all that the law and the temple and the prophets spoke of, that they testified to, has come into our midst. That is Jesus Christ. I did a house blessing recently, and I'm not going to name names or anything, but after the house blessing, it was the first house blessing they ever had, and they just said, wow, that was awesome. Like other house blessings I've had and other kind of traditions, they just kind of they come and they, they read some scripture and then that's it. I said, well, yeah, we read scripture, scripture. I'm glad that they have scripture. But when we do a house blessing, and this is what we do in the church, you actually see the scripture come alive, right? The priest is coming with holy water to bless and sanctify and set aside your house, your space. This is the Old Testament alive in its fulfillment in especially, of course, the coming of our Lord. 
This is why we have icons, the Old Testament fulfilled specifically in the coming of our Lord. But with him, of course, as you see, this is all the fruit of Israel, the way that we worship. It is the temple worship as fulfilled in Jesus Christ. This path, this treasure that we have gathered, that we have received, rather, is a deep path. It is the path by which Christ constantly calls to us, follow me, as we hear him today in the gospel. Our Lord finds Philip, and like Matthew, the same story, he says, follow me, and Philip follows him. But Philip, in following him, he realizes that this isn't just for himself. This is something that he needs to share. This is where he goes and he tells Nathaniel. We have found him, the one who fulfilled everything, the one whom we've been talking about, we've been praying about, the one that we have been expecting. He's here. We've found him. And of course, Nathaniel saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip says, you know what? You may have questions. You may struggle with it. But just come and see. The path which our Lord calls us to follow him is a path that has a deep, deep inheritance. It's something that takes time to marinate in. It is like when you're a child and you're only in the kiddie pool and then you realize that there's a lot more of the pool that you're not really allowed into. There is something about the church that it takes time to get used. You need to learn how to swim. You need to have, maybe if you're just beginning to learn how to swim, you need somebody to be watching you to take care of things. But otherwise, once you have grown into the fullness and understand you can be in the deep end of the pool. But this analogy fails at many points, but there is a depth in the church that is not just eight feet. It is a depth that we continue to plunge into, to marinate. This is not, this is not true. This is true for those who have been here five years 10 years, those who've grown up in the church, there's always more to discover. There's always more that we can have our lives transformed by. This invitation of Philip to Nathaniel to come and see is something that is incumbent upon us. We have a great treasure, it is something that we are to share. We know the one whom the prophets, Moses, all of Israel hope for. We have encountered him. And we want others to come and see. To invite them into this great triumph and treasury of orthodoxy. This encounter that Jesus has with Nathaniel is one in which Nathaniel is pleasantly surprised. He didn't think that there could be anything good that could come out of Nazareth. But our Lord, as soon as he sees Nathanael, starts to speak truths beyond what Nathanael could ever imagine. 
The encounter with our Lord is an encounter of depth. There's something about orthodoxy that calls into the depth. The treasury of orthodoxy is not just in its outward adornments. The fact that we have icons, that we have vestments and incense and singing and all of this. It is the depth of the truth of our Lord. It is when we encounter Christ, we encounter someone who knows us to the depth that it is in the strength of orthodoxy to bring us into the heart of the matter, to constantly put before us our Lord, and not just have us be put before him, but to have him look into our depths. This is what especially Holy Lent is for. It's for us to be able to encounter Jesus in all of his depth, and in the depths of our hearts to find our Lord. When we have people come and see, right, we're not inviting them into a cultural, foreign, exotic experience. We're inviting them into the depths of Jesus Christ. You know how many times as I walk around in a cassock that I get asked, what exactly are you? Like exactly like that? What are you? <laughs> I've been called a rabbi. <laughs> I've been called all sorts of different things. And there is always this temptation with orthodoxy, and I find myself, you know, trying to explain it. Okay, you've heard of the Roman Catholic Church. You're familiar with that. Okay, we're the lost cousins, right? Like a thousand years ago. But the real truth of it is it's not just the good food that surrounds various orthodox cultures it's not that we have beautiful icons. It's not that there is music that you've never heard of. It's none of these things because they all point to Jesus Christ. It is Christ himself who sees us, who knows our history. He knows our wounds. He sees us sitting under that tree. He knows our strengths and our weaknesses. This is whom we are inviting people to encounter. This is whom we have all of our hope laid up in. And it is out of this depth, out of this deep encounter with our Lord, that is facilitated, that is, it's like uh, with icons as they age, right? As kissing happens over and over again, we don't have an old enough church to really have many of these, but you've seen them in old Orthodox churches. You have an icon that's been kissed and kissed and kissed. And what do you do after a period of time? You start putting metal <laughs> over parts. So you get metal hands or metal arms of Theotokos, or she has a crown and now it's a gold crown, this Riza that is added to the icon. All of these things are all ornamentation, but they all point to the truth of the matter. Out of this depth, out of this encounter with Christ, our hearts, our lives are to be transformed. What is our Lord's response to the confession of Nathanael? That he is the son of God, that he is the king of Israel. Jesus said to him, because I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? 
you will see greater things than these. Most assuredly, our Lord says, I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The triumph of orthodoxy is the encounter of Christ in the depths of our heart, such that we, when we encounter him, that we see the angels ascending and descending, that the world becomes an icon, that it becomes heaven, that we find Christ in every face that we encounter, that we find Christ in the trees, in the change of the seasons, in that crazy windstorm that we had the other day that makes us turn to him in faith, but also to start thinking about scripture, about all of the things that happen in our life. God is present. Angels ascending and descending. The whole world, a light lit up with the presence of God. The triumph of orthodoxy is always us. Our hearts opened up to Christ, following him, encountering others and saying, you know what, I have found he who means everything, and you need to come and see him as well. And you need to come and see him and not just stay as a tourist or as some kind of sightseeing expedition, or become where you come into the depths of it, and then it seems a little intense, a little much, and then we just kind of move to the sidelines, where we become nominal, where we see what Christ challenges us, and we're just not ready for it. But the triumph of orthodoxy is exactly when he sees us, and we see him, and our hearts are aflame, that we are not to the sides, that we're not just kind of in and out, but that we encounter him in the depths. As we plunge into the depths of Christ, as Christ immerses us in the depth of God, we will see God active in our lives. We will see him having the providential ordering of the world for us, even in our struggles and despair and challenges. God is with us. Thank God for the treasury of orthodoxy, for the triumph of orthodoxy that frames, that provides, that gives us all of the gifts that we need in order for Christ to be able to see us and for us to be able to see him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.